1: Let's begin.
0: We've got Justin Demolia joining us. He's Vice President of Sales in addition to his role at Lenders One. Justin serves as the resident CMB instructor for the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, and he is uh, heading off class one here on the CMB final prep course of which I am doing. I can't believe it, Justin, my good buddy. Good to have you here, friend. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's a real honor. I mean that. And I was thinking about you. In fact, I almost called you this weekend because on Friday we had the CMB. Amber launched the whole prep course and got us off to a great start. And she says, and by the way, someone Texas, and you have homework due on Thursday by <laughs> five o'clock Eastern time. And we did what? <laughs> it was so much fun. So I called Susan Stewart. I said, Susan, you're on this. She says, yeah, no pressure, right? Look, I'm the incoming chairman of the NBA. And I I'm taking this test, so I've got to pass this thing. I felt the same thing. I'm turning 70, 47 years in the industry. What if I bombed this thing? So anyway, we're stepping out there, folks. I encourage you to check out the CMB program. And if you don't have enough credits to do what Susan and I have done, we've been in the industry for years, get in the in the class lineup. It's excellent. So let, let's start off talking about that. Give CMB a little bit of a promo.
1: I actually am sponsoring two people in the class, Brian Simon, my boss, as well yes. as Sherry McCarthy from National I. I spoke with both of them over the weekend. And I'm lucky enough to to be the resident instructor. I'm with the journey from from start all the way to finish, not only with with people I'm sponsoring, but the whole class. And you know, as I said on Friday's call, it's it's always very interesting because many of us have not been in the learning environment in twenty <laughs> something years at least. And you know, typically we're. In a school type of setting, we're taught material and then we're tested on it. The CMB is a little different. So uh, the way the prep course is scheduled or set up is you actually answer the questions and do the research and then do a review the following week. So the first Uh, three weeks, four weeks, including myself, I was like, what did I sign up for? This is crazy, there's no structure, there's no guidance. But between week three and four generally clicks that it's, the topics are so broad and, yeah. and there's no way you can cover all of this in such a short period of time of seven days. The suggested resources and reading material are to give you an idea of types of things that, that you need to understand. And then the, then the questions are really tailored to answer some information that's generally not in the resource material that they've given you for the week. But, you know, think outside the box and answer the question and then really gauge the feedback. One of the funny stories. First week, I'm sitting here feeling the same way you felt. My sponsor, we laughed at. He said he was a horrible sponsor, but I passed the test on the first time. So I oh, actually did a relatively good job. Realistically, the first set of questions I had, I thought I had the answer correct. I get feedback from one of the, uh, the weekly instructors and it was, I would give you partial credit because you missed this, 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 and this. And knowing what I knew at the time, I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's I'm, I'm right. Right. I'm like, I'm right, right? <laughs> so, so, so I responded and instead of saying, Hey, this is, I'm right. You're wrong. I was like, can you please supply the the, the reference for your findings? And two, two hours later, I get a response. Oh my God, you are correct. I missed that. Blah, 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 blah. And I go, okay, this is going to be great. I have a target on my back now for the next six weeks because <laughs> you just uh, proved
0: an instructor wrong. Oh, that's good. That's and, a great way to start. I kept,
1: <laughs> I kept it to myself. You know, my outside the mortgage professional friends knew that story, but this is the first time it's coming out. I believe it's the first time it's coming out within the yeah. mortgage circle because I, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But yeah, the CMB is a great, great, great program, and I've been in the industry for 27 years and trying to better myself and and build my resume throughout my whole career. And I always knew of the CMB and just didn't have the time to do it. And once I went through the process and and got the certification, no matter who you are, it adds to your value. And yes, it does already. I would. This is going to be a horrible thing to say, but you know what? For the people who are younger in the industry. That are brilliant. We know. We all know a ton of them. The CMB gives you a little bit more credibility, and yeah, I saw does. that. I saw that firsthand. I didn't think. I just like, everyone knows who I am. I, I I can hold my own in a room. Once I started wearing that pin. People would stop me in elevators. I get stopped, and it just gets stopped all over the place. And people would start talking to me and asking me questions that they normally probably wouldn't have asked. But well, so yeah, it's interesting the way society you know works. But the Mortgage Bankers Association has done a great job promoting the program yeah. and and creating the elite status of, that the program has to offer. And I would recommend it to anyone who's serious about their mortgage career because it is. Uh, it was a great experience. I built some wonderful connections and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's what's already happening
0: is the connections. Yeah, you know, Susan and I have known each other. She and Van are great people. I've known them forever. But already, we're just like, we're entering this experience together. So Gil is on it. Uh, Gail Lopez, I'm going to be in that group. So there's mm-hmm. a study group of us and we're already forming and it's already off to What the heck? This is so unstructured. <laughs> what happened? And for those of us in a mortgage banking environment who like things structured, it's a little disconcerting. So anyway, a good news, I did study. I think I got my homework. So will be prepared, and we got to get our study group working here overtime, fast and furious. Let's get into talking about some of the things you're seeing at Lenders One. And by the way, I just want to put in a plug, folks. We're members of both Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. I've just been so blessed with my time and the affiliation I have with Lenders One, both these organizations, but really Lenders One. I, this has been something else lately. As a vendor, you need to be a part of one of these things. I've got more business out of my relationship with Lenders One than. Any other single organization of anything I've done. So that's as a vendor, as a member, what they do to help you grow your business is just something else. And you can get a hold of Justin, you can get a hold of one of the uh, other folks out there and learn more. Get a hold of me, call me. I'll be happy to tell you all about it if you're wondering about it. But folks, join Lenders One. It's a must, must do. And you get to hear what's going on with under the lenders. So, Justin, from your perspective, what are you finding? As far as how our members are faring, we're all part of this together. How are they faring
1: out there? What do you think? Like you said a few minutes ago, this industry likes structure. And it's kind of funny that we all like structure when there's never any structure in this business. It's always something. We had our summit in March and rates seemed like they were going to come down and everyone was super happy and everything was going well. And literally a week later, the world went into chaos. And, you know, we were on the phone with Fannie and MBA emails and conversations and really trying to get some inside information that to help our members. You know, one of right. the greatest things that we do, again, I came from the member base, so I was a member before I joined Lenders. The community is very close. And very transparent it is. with each other. so true. And you know, we were getting phone calls across the board on anything and everything. So, like, can you help with this? What are other members doing with this? Can you have a conversation with the NBA? And we have a great relationship with the NBA and the CMLA as well. But you know, the NBA really stepped up, as we all know, over the past you know, this is the past short period of time to get things done and, and really make some change with the industry as well as Washington D.C. And so, you know, we were the single point of contact for our members that were MBA members as well as non-MBA members. I mean, the MBA opened up their arms to everybody. So we were fielding those type of questions when the verification of employment, post-closing verification of employment came out with some of the, with with Plaza, for example, Plaza's on our platform. And, you know, some of our members lobbied to us and said, Hey, wait a second here. How can we control what happens after closing? And and we we got on the phone Plaza and, and and started the conversations and within three to four days they made a policy change for all sellers, mm. not just lenders. One seller could know, potentially do that. Great, so right. Little things like that. You know, you know we we were there for them whether it was margin calls, whether it was looking for warehouse lenders. We have such a wealth of knowledge. Internally, as well as the member base that we were able to answer many of the questions. And, you, know, you look at this now and rates are still low. Volumes are still high. Everyone was able to close most of their loans. Everyone was scared to death that borrowers were going to lose their jobs and they weren't going to be able to close them. And they've made all these margin calls and they weren't going to recoup to cash. I would say that I think everyone is, it fared better than everyone believed it would be. And it wasn't doomsday. Even with the loans in forbearance with, you know, FHFA, you know, essentially the industry, what, what we asked for, you know, we, you know my rule was saying that the IMBs needed the help because they had loans stuck on their line, it'd be catastrophic. And we lobbied enough. And yeah, the five and seven points is not great by any means. And it's probably not fair. But unfortunately, it's what, what the FHFA came out with. And, but ultimately, unfortunately, yeah. it, it's not catastrophic to any of our IMBs. So any of yeah. our members. If they have a loan that they had to take a five or seven point hit on, it's not a full loan that's on their line that they can't sell and they have three of them amongst the next four months and not two million dollars with the loans you can't sell and you could be out of business. So right. you know what? We're yeah. you know everyone's in good spirits. Everyone's happy. We're we're seeing record volumes go through the cooperative right now. And everyone seems that 2020 will wind up being a great origination year, a fairly strong, profitable year. You had that subset of loans for a short period of time where they probably weren't making money on when there was a dislocation between the aggregators and bond market and their hedges. But everyone seems to have gotten through that. Obviously, there's still some uncertainty in forbearances and servicing values are still not great. But everyone's getting through it they're happy. They're positive. And, and that's the best thing about this industry is we're always all yes. positive and, and we stick together and, and we work together. And that's the intangibles of what we do. And, you know, we, we worked hard. We had some advisory council meetings with our members. We've had executive roundtables with Fannie Mae. We've done a bunch of different things and exposed the member base to to other people.
0: Let's talk about some of those roundtables because that is what I get and hear from the lenders that is so powerful. You stratify the roundtables, the discussions, the lenders' discussions amongst the size. So it's not like someone who's a big company listing someone little and saying that doesn't apply to me. You really have stratified that. And I think that what goes on in those meetings, which are closed door to the vendors. I mean, it's... Well, we always want to listen in. I wish we could. But it's really closed door to them, and there is some meaningful discussion. Talk a little bit about what you heard when you were in Florida. By the way, that was a great conference. You guys, your whole team did an awesome job. Wasn't there like over 500 people at that one? It was just yeah, crazy.
1: You know, that was great. We, we were lucky. We had a great location. We had great weather, and I have a, a great marketing group and, and education and events group that works under me. And this was the first one that we that I had my ability other than the location and brian to put our spin on it and and put our flair on it and we couldn't be happier the way it came out and and the the attendance was great The, the ratings and surveys were great back to your question we have two different days of member networking and but so that's always the highest rated and our members always want more. Yeah. And, and we, we tell them to use this as a springboard and as an introduction, be able to take these conversations offline into the future. But yeah, day one is set up by size. We, we do it by origination volumes. And then we also have a, a bank chartered one as well, bank and credit union. Day two, it's by role, whether it's operations, technology, compliance. Yeah. So you right. can, you can get a mix there. But like you said, vendors are not allowed in. And I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm not allowed in. Not even you. Oh, wow! <laughs> even lenders one executives are not allowed in. This is supposed to be an unfiltered forum for our members to be able to talk and say anything they want to say. So we have a designated member moderator. And we will have a lenders one note taker in there as well. But I can tell you from my days as a member, the types of things that go through uh, those stations, and it could be, you know, anything from LL comp to culture issues to leadership issues to technology compliance, anything you can imagine, you sit into a room and you, and you just bring it up. And one of our members, I know, in one of the surveys this past after Miami came up and said, you know, it's kind of the crazy test. I sit in that room and I can validate whether or not my decisions are crazy or not. And, and that's what they want to do. They want to be able to go yeah. in and, and say, okay, this is what I do. And you'd be surprised on 70% of the room would say, oh, my God, we're, we're experiencing the same problem. And then you have 20% of the people or 30% of the people say, you know what, we've experienced it, but we've gotten through it by doing X, Y, and Z. And one of the greatest things and, and what really drew me to lenders one was, was this, this unfiltered, transparent bond between members. And it's super strong. I mean, I had members that would call me when I was a member, I'd have fellow members call me and say, Hey, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, can you send me, you know, what are you, what are you paying for your warehouse lines? What are you doing here? And how are you doing this? And really it was, they were, they were similarly sized to me, you know, you know un- under 500 million. They were, they were regional. They really didn't have any overlapping areas. And we went from there and it, it was great. I, I got a quick funny, funny story to tell you in Miami, I was introducing two members that I'm very close with, both of them, and that didn't know each other at, at, in the connection hall where, where the vendors right. showcased their product. And I introduced them all to each other, and, and they looked at each other and said, oh, you're so-and-so from what? Oh, oh. And they were in litigation together for loan officers leaving and stealing loans. The they, were they were in litigation at, with each other? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so, um, and you didn't know that trying, when you introduced them, of course. Imagine me trying to crawl into a hole, right? Right. Um, <laughs> Well, well, I kept the conversation going because I can talk. So I I kept the conversation going. And by the end of of the two days that they were together, they became friendly. It wasn't adversarial. They said, let's kick the attorneys out of this and let's make it work ourselves. And you know what? It's about communication. And that's one of the yeah, things that, that we really can do well. We <laughs> also have many of our members actually merge with each other because from meeting each other at the conferences and trusting the input and the advice that they get. So yeah. the community is super strong. One of the, one of my things that I've been working on because now vendors fall under me as well is really working on this culture. But the member culture yeah. has always been great. We're trying to get the vendor culture to be part of the member culture and, and, and the employee culture and really just continue to create this, this familial relationship amongst everyone. And the trust and respect and courtesies with each other is, is, is great. Yeah. And we're doing a fantastic job of it.
0: Well, you're doing a great job. I love what you and Brian, the new leadership that's there and what you're doing. It is very encouraging. I've got Alan on here and Alan Pollack, who has joined me at we call it the speed dating session yeah the connection hall and it is so powerful and (laughs) love this Justin I've never seen Alan be so engaged and take so many notes at one time this guy was like how do you do that he's talking and typing and had their full attention. I looked at him, he says, "Yeah, take a look at these notes." And I go, "Oh my gosh!" So that's one thing that's a skill set I wish I had. But Alan, you've attended these. Talk a little bit about your experience and any questions you have for Justin. Yeah,
2: of course, Justin. Thanks for being here, by the way. So, well, and we may have met definitely in the past. I've been a lenders one member, even though I took a break for a while for a very long time when I was partner of a company and we were a vendor. It was the early days of lenders one. We used to fight, actually, to who was going to go to those conferences because they just, not only were they fun, but it was a more relaxing environment. And it was a way to just let the guard down and just talk to people, right? Be part of community. And that's what's so great about it. And I don't want to make it sound like an advertisement, but it truly is. That's the whole thing about our industry. There is so many conferences and so many webinars and so many things you can do. But to actually just be part of community and partnership is, is really a big deal. And that's what makes it the most interesting. I'll answer your question, David, or what you asked me to respond to, but I also will lead into something technology. What's great about the speed dating, right? And, and we've all been to these kind of things. What's great about the way Lenders One does it is not only did, you know, you guys sort of set up and say, hey, you got to sign up to meet some people, but your sales and marketing team made sure that people wanted to talk to people, right? So yeah. it wasn't just that people signed up, but it was that there was some common ground that people wanted to be meeting together because it's one thing to force people to do it if they don't want to do it and then making it productive. So that's what I'll say about your your question there, David. But Justin talking about technology and a community of technology vendors as a technology vendor, we all want to provide the best technology and, and we want to give good discounts and we want to do all those things. But when you think about like true economic times and where we are as an industry driven by lenders and, of course, driven by the homeowner consumers. How do you see technology with your members? Is it you seeing that your customers or your members are getting a real decision with your technology partners? Are you seeing that you're, you're vetting and bringing good solutions? I think it's more of, that's more of a leeway into just talking about how technology yeah. is playing a part in lenders one.
1: Yeah. So I'm a tech geek. That's my second job. So I love technology and I think all of our members If if they could, the stroke of a of a wand can say, okay, I have all the technology that I want at a reasonable cost. Would sign up yesterday. What we find is everyone wants it, and then either the implementation times are longer than they want, or they're just way too busy. Like if you ask someone in today's world to make a decision. Number one, and then 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 go through implementation number two. It's it's probably asking a lot of them. So it was interesting, you know, when, it, when the pandemic first hit, we had our members were just head down getting loans closed. That's all they cared about. Then they came up for a breath of, breath of air about a, about three weeks ago, and we saw a crazy amount of, of one opportunities, you know, closed one opportunities that you know mostly closing right now, right? that's that's mm-hmm. the, the pain of the day. And you know, I think we had 25. 30 e-closing contracts signed in this very short period of time, which is great. Atlantic Bay, for example, you know they were up and running, but they weren't really doing many, and they closed over 771 e-closings in, in April, and we in double in May. We're double in May, so we're seeing people really start going crazy. Right now, we're looking at robotics RPIs. We're looking at some more. You know, we have CANDOR on the platform for automated underwriting with AI. Mm-hmm. We're looking at some more vendors that are going to offer some more AI in, because we definitely see that's where our members want to go. And everyone wants to be able to reduce the the ebbs and flows of this business and the the strain on personnel. Everyone knows that they're overtaxed right now and they're working a crazy amount of hours to get these loans closed. And the employees are stepping up, but they're probably getting a little burnt out. So if you can supplement that with, with technology, life is going to be great. So Yeah, there's definitely a big need for for more technology on the loan manufacturing side. And we're exploring some new vendors plus the vendors we currently have and and really pushing them. But more importantly, something that I try to tell all the vendors that are coming on the platform and even the existing vendors, it's our sales group is great. They know their members extremely well. They know what they want, what they need. So they may identify an opportunity. Let's talk about eSign. There's an opportunity. Definitely a member needs it. But they maybe can't present it now because the timing is not right. So that's something it's more of a, it's it's courting rather than hit them over the head and say, here you go. Wait for the right opportunity to open up and say, okay, you know what? I think for the past three or four or five months, you've had this problem, but this is the solution that can fix it. Let's start talking about it. And we yeah. see that sales approach works really strong. And we want to make sure that, you know, it goes back to the culture that our, our providers on the platform understand that. You well, know, we can tell you today that XYZ mortgage company wants your service and needs your service, but they're not ready. And now we just need to figure out how to get them to pull the trigger. But yeah, it's, it's definitely fun in the psychology of selling and the timing that's really important for our members because we need to create value for them. And one of the things that we say is we have all these vendors, but we're going to make sure that they don't you know inundate you with requests and advertisements and phone calls and drop ins or yep. whatever it is. And that's part of the connection hall, too, right? That's what makes that's our commerce a- is so great that, yeah. that we're allocating a specific time to have those conversations. And other times, you're really just about networking. How's the family? What do you do? What do you do in your spare time? Those bonds create better long term relationships with the vendors and the members together.
2: Yeah. So, Justin, it's almost like, because as a technology vendor, next week I'm going to be talking about adoption you have somebody that stands in the middle all the time that's more concerned about partnership and success that's that advocate for you as a vendor and you as a lender, which really is something that many lenders sometimes are missing. They just don't have the time to
1: allocate for that. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing is, it's funny, we always have the members say to me, well, okay, I, I make the sale and, and we have this relationship. What happens after that? Well, guess what? Our sales group, including Brian and myself and any other member, lenders, one uh, employee, talking to our members constantly we're we're with our members constantly when we can travel I'm rarely in front of a computer I'm generally on the road four days a week when I can travel outside this pandemic and if we hear that a member is unhappy with a solution that's with a vendor or or partner on the platform the first phone call I make when I leave that office is to that vendor and say hey ABC mortgage company is not necessarily happy with what's going on or XYZ vendor is trying to steal your business what are you going to do about it and that, and that is invaluable because a member base will talk to us much more freely than they'll talk to a vendor or a provider. Yeah, that's so, a great point. You know, we, we, again, it's that matter of communication that we really work on and, and, and we're there for them. And sometimes a, a technology may not be the best or a vendor relationship may not be the best. And as long as there's an explanation behind it and there's full transparency on what happened, that's great. I mean, right now I have a, a member that's looking to switch vendors to another vendor, similarly similar to vendor on the platform. and. We've opened up the line of communication. We've told the current vendor what's going on and and where they're going. So they have an opportunity to either win the business back or let it go graciously. And, you know, again, it's about working together.
0: It's all about collaboration. That's what I love what you guys do so well and, Alan, I was so impressed with your note-taking while we are in the Connection <laughs> Hall. It was so much fun. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are new that you see on the horizon, especially one thing is going to be new, is how you handle events moving forwards. Talk about that.
1: At the end of last year, we, we, we had our 2020 event strategy in place. And January, we finalized the schedule, and, and we we're going to be having all these great live events and, and more regional topical events, and we are so excited about it, and, Miami comes and we hit a grand slam. As far as we're concerned, you did. that su- success of that of that conference. but also the pandemic hit. What do we do? So we we had our first Fannie Mae roundtable, uh, which was usually a twenty-five person in uh, in-person event. We had it virtually, and we had you know we opened it up to more than twenty-five. I think we capped it at 30, 35. That sold out in two days. Altosource, our parent company, had a a two-day pandemic summit which drew over 2,300, 2,400 attendees. Wow. We have another virtual roundtable coming. We have a virtual base camp, which is our one-day topical. What we're seeing is that the attendance is great. People are engaged. People, I think, are you know, sick of sitting home in front of their computer and want a little bit of, of social interaction. Hmm. And we're seeing that even outside our industry, that all these webinars and, and, and virtual type of events are being a better attended than the live event. You know, we're going to dip our toe back in our August summit, which was supposed to be in Chicago. has been canceled. We're we're converting that over to a virtual. And then we're going to hopefully be able to travel in September for a a roundtable, which will be, you know, 25 people with Fannie Mae. And then in December, we're going to try be able to do our first base camp, our live base camp, which was a new addition to the schedule this year. That'll be at Texas Motor Speedway. It'll involve some NASCAR racing or, or driving <laughs> and some pit, pit, pit stop challenges, Sean. some cool stuff there. Then we'll be in New Orleans for a summit in March. So it definitely affected us a little bit, and especially because our events are. A really networking relationship and building culture as opposed to selling, right? Yep. It's only open to members and vendors. So prospects, maybe one or two prospects can be invited as special guests. It's not an opportunity for us to sell, you know, at all. We're not selling at any so, of our events. It's networking and building rapport and, and, and relationships. So, so the virtual events make that a little bit more difficult because, you know, people are less likely to speak. You know, up on the, on the calls, and, and it doesn't replace the in-person contact and connections, but I think we've done a good job at it, and I believe that the whole world has adapted to the new world yeah. order, per se, and we're getting through it, and it, like I said, attendance is great. I don't know if engagement or the interaction is where we want it, but we're still building it. Hopefully, like I said, in September, we'll be back to our live events and be back to, to somewhat Normal.
0: Whatever the new normal is. And it is going to be a new normal. You covered a lot in this time frame. Is there anything that you want, as we exit here, got to wrap this up, that you want to share with our
1: listeners? We spoke a lot about the, about the intangible, but you're in the non-economic you're value. We just launched, and I don't want to make this a sales pitch by any means, but we just launched quite a lot yeah. of flood Certs, and, and yeah. we're probably the, one of the largest, if not the largest uh, reseller in, in the world of, of those flood certifications, and considering wow. one in r- roughly one in five mortgages goes through one of our members, you know, originated in the U.S., so we, we just launched the same type of relationship with the work number through Equifax, and we're seeing... Tremendous amount of savings. We're in a pilot stage, and I have 100% sales success rate of about 30 members that are going to be. We started pulling live orders last week. I have a waiting list of 30 members. Then, then we're going to open it up to the rest of the membership base, and you know, just things like that. I mean, 15% on bills that are $200,000 a month and quick, right? So, definitely saving our members a lot of money there. We also have. Correspondent one is being released, and, and they will be very excited we'll, about we'll be, that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we're excited about that. Hopefully, that's completely up and running by September. You know, and just our healthcare uh, captive that we set up ourselves is is going strong. Just a lot of real great economic values that yeah. you know now. Since Brian and I have been there, we're we're, we're starting to to move the needle for the members in, in a big way, which is great. So we're, we're excited about all the future.
0: Yeah, lots of lots of new things in the new year, and also you're an engaged man, son. you're a new homeowner. So you bought another house, you got engaged. Congratulations, and a lot of wonderful developments.
1: Well, thank you all through coronavirus. Through, I all, know, all you, want, through. One of you read that people are getting divorced and, and we're merging, so it's yeah, thank you it's uh, it well,
0: congratulations to you Francis. she's just a she's gorgeous she's a, she's a, as intelligent and gorgeous inside as she is outside, and it was just just really a blessing to meet her now, so several times, so congratulations, well, Justin. Well, I got again. to tell you, you like I did, overpunted your coverage, you married up big time, and I'm, I'm <laughs> couldn't be happier for you. Dean I that yeah. teasingly. Yeah, it's no, a good job. I, well, I, I can't wait.
1: Uh, she, she's brilliant. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Wow, how
0: exciting. Wow, wow, wow. There's so much there, and uh, you have got you got all kinds of things developing. How about that? Well, it's so good to have you here. appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Greet everyone, Brian, and everyone there at the L1 community. We're thrilled to be a part of it, and I encourage anyone listening to this podcast to get a hold of of anyone there at Lenders One. What's the best way for people to learn more, Justin, about becoming a member, whether a vendor or a lender?
1: You can reach out to me, Justin.demola at lendersone.com, or my cell phone is 908 400 5204.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much for being here with us. Next week, folks, we've got Joe Murin. We've got him coming in. He's past President of Jenny May. Remember we had Gregory Keith on just here recently talking about the requirements? That got a lot of buzz. And what should be the new capital requirements? Where is this whole thing going? And we've got Joe Murin coming on. He is a part of the Ainsworth Advisory Group, and I'm honored to have Joe part of that company, uh, which I own. And uh, Gary Ort is chairman of it. And I'm just thrilled to have Joe there. And we were talking... As we are recording a monthly update on the Ainsworth Advisors website, go check it out, ainsworthadvisors.com. Joe really got on a little bit of a soapbox rant, and it was so good. I wish I recorded. So I got together with him shortly thereafter. We recorded an interview that I must share with you, and we're going to do that next week. Folks, great to have you with us. Appreciate it. Also, a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the Community Mortgage Lenders of America, MBA, Indicom, Accelerate, Ainsworth Advisors, Mobility RE, Modex, as well as AI Assistant, on and on and on. Go check them all out at our website, at Lickin' on Lending, and look for our sponsors. Great group of people, and appreciate you being here. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week.